Hey readers, welcome to Your Bookstore Besties. We're your hosts, Rachel and Becky, best friends who met while working at an indie bookstore. We love chatting about all things books, and we're so happy that you joined today. Hi guys, welcome back. It's Your Bookstore Besties, and I'm Rachel. And I'm Becky. <laughs> Doing it backwards. <laughs> Hi, Becky. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> um, this is weird for me. I was told to start the episode. I don't know. I think we all like when I Becky was trying does it something. better. I was trying something out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but today we're going to talk about um, the bookstore besties read of the month, which was everyone in my family has killed someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're excited to talk about that. I don't know anything of what Becky thinks. She doesn't know anything about what I think. So it's going to be a surprise. Um, but do you have a fun fact first, uh, Becky? Okay. You're actually going to laugh at this. So I had a dream. I was working at the bookstore last night and <laughs> um, I like could not check out this, these women's, this woman's books. Like it, I couldn't like nothing was scanning and it was like an hour of me trying to like check this woman out and all of a sudden I was like Athena can you check her out because I can't and so Athena checked her out and it was like a $300 order and I just remember (laughs) thinking Drew's gonna be so mad at me because I couldn't check this woman out (laughs) so yeah I was having a bookstore dreams last night that's so that's so funny because it's been like how long has it been since you've moved now um it's over a year yeah a year and a half yeah I think so which is like it's funny that a year and a half after leaving you're suddenly having nightmares. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I have nightmares similarly. It's like you messed up this school order, you uh-huh. ordered a hundred copies of a book no one wants. I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've all been there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> What's my your fun, fun fact? fact is more fun than yours. Um Ooh. because yours was scary. Um <laughs> So my fun fact is that we had our wedding tasting last night. Mm, tell us more. Um, so basically, we went to our venue that we're getting married at two months away. Um, and we sampled some of the options. Uh, so they had samples of the appetizers, the charcuterie board, salad, soup, uh, five different entrees, Um of six or seven desserts Mm -hmm. they gave us cookies to take home there was a wine rep there who had wine Mm -hmm. that we could drink there was a bar there they had just gotten their liquor license this past month believe it or not really so um yeah for a while my venue was byob um Uh for since it's been open and they just got it like in the past couple weeks so now that's an option so they had a little bar there so Um, But it was fun. Basically, I would say it was like 15 couples and they're all couples getting married in the first part of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think we are one of the earlier ones uh, because there was I think we were organized by our date. So I think we were the second couple coming up maybe that hadn't had a tasting yet because all of us were like April ish dates, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, and it was good. We didn't get to try everything on the menu. So there's some stuff that we are going to be choosing that we didn't try, but are pretty confident in. Um, and then there's some stuff we tried that we did not like at all. Um, most of them were weird, like super salad that we wouldn't just never eat. Like <laughs> my mom would have been in heaven cause there was like a beet salad. She would have loved that. <laughs> 
not a fan personally. Uh, David is not an adventurous eater, and like he doesn't eat cheese, which is his fun really? fact. Whoa! Oh, he, well, he, he, yeah. If there's cheese on it, he won't eat it. Like but it hurts his tummy. But it doesn't count for pizza. No, he just doesn't like the taste or the smell. Oh, huh. Yeah. So half the stuff had like goat cheese or burrata yeah, or yeah. X Y Z. Um. So, but. Once we got to the meat and fish entrees, he was like, okay, I tr- I'm, I'm feeling better now because the first couple things were just like a cheese pastry and a beet salad and a mushroom soup. And he's like, I don't want any of this. What is happening? So, it, but it was fun. It was a good, a good night. And I made the wine reps laugh because I went up there and I was like, I guess you're the wine rep and she was like yeah and she's like do you know what you want to try I was like I honestly don't want to try any of this I don't like wine so I'm just gonna like go with what you recommend she's like you should try it I was like okay I'm not gonna like it and then I, I would take a tiny sip of wine They're like take two sips I'm like no I'm okay with one. Oh my goodness so what'd <laughs> you end up with oh god two, I don't no. know Becky oh. uh, two two whites two reds and a rosé is what Classy. we chose okay so yeah that's what our liquor package includes I chose like a Cabernet as one of the options of uh, gosh I don't know they're all sound the same and the reds all tasted the same so I just picked mm-hmm. two. so if okay. you hate okay. wine at my wedding it's my fault <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna be great yeah I'm really but- excited about the venue it's a very very cool venue yeah, it's um, it's gonna be good. And the I sent them pictures, Becky and some friends, some pictures last night, and everyone was excited. So, two months to go. Yes, <laughs> awesome. Oh, that is a happened. fun fact. But All right. uh, let's, yeah, uh, let's get into the let's book. get into the book. And uh, y- you you read this five minutes ago, <laughs> so it's so fresh <laughs> in your mind. So I'm very excited to be talking to you because there are some details that I forgot that I'm hoping you can. <laughs> like refresh my memory about well, so because i read yeah. a month ago i i'm hoping i can refresh your memory too but as in any traditional like mystery detective novel some of the some of the like exposition is was a little confusing for me at first yeah yeah um but we'll get into that so what as the just we always ask uh-huh. did you like the book I did. Yeah, I, I I really did. I think I gave it four to five stars. What about you? Okay. I I would say, yeah, I, I would give it, if I had to give it a rating right now, I would say I would give it like a four and a half. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought I would enjoy it. Like I went in thinking I would and I enjoyed it more than I even thought I would just because mm-hmm. the humor is very like my type of humor. Uh-huh. And I feel like if you're a person who likes i would say cozy mysteries it has uh, elements of that i don't know if you would agree with that or not you know like, i was surprised it's it, sorry go ahead go ahead no no go ahead what were you well, gonna say? I, I was thinking like it, it's interesting because the writing style and um the voice of the narrative was very like funny and goofy but it was actually a really dark story so i kind of found mm-hmm. that like it was really interesting that you had those two elements, like a really dark story with like a really funny narrator. Um, So that was like, I I did kind of like that though. Like it it made it a lot more lighthearted. But I remember Mm -hmm. at one point in the book, I was like, oh shoot, like this is dark. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some of the things that happen are shocking and I feel like this is a good book for 
people who don't know what they want in their thrillers Mm. or mysteries. Yeah. Because it's kind of like it has elements that are like shocking, but it's not graphic really. It's Mm -hmm. just like surprising because the way the narrator talks about it, it's not like it's with a lighthearted tone. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm glad that we picked this one because I want to read the second one, mm-hmm. um, which is I think everyone on this train is a suspect, which just yes. came out yes. um, like two weeks ago or so. Mm-hmm. Or no, one week ago. Yeah, Maybe? I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so let's just talk briefly about like the main plot um, and then we'll get into more of our spoilery thoughts mm-hmm. um and then at the end i think we want to talk about what uh what some of our other listeners thought yep. including mm-hmm. my parents um so i think that uh, so i have my arc copy of this so mm-hmm. i don't know what your copy i don't know did you borrow it or did you buy it um i listened to the audiobook from the library which okay. fun fact it's um it's set in australia which i didn't know going in so the nice narrator had a lovely australian accent it was great to hear um i i like that i've read mysteries from different continents now because yeah. you have yeah. ruth ware who you know writes um she's from the uk and then you have you know australian which i mm-hmm. didn't know either um I didn't think it was too much. Like I still understood everything that they were saying. There was some words oh, they definitely, used. That yeah, we, there were definitely a few words. I was like, huh? <laughs> but, yeah. The one yeah. that was very noticeable for me personally was when they were like, oh, the officer was carrying a torch, which for them is a flashlight. Oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. that's something I learned about in the third grade when we had an Australian exchange teacher and the power Aww. went out and said, grab your torches. And we were like, what? <laughs> so um but yeah so i the reason i'm saying i have an art copy is not a humble brag but it's because i like what the back says and it says knives out and clue meet agatha christie and the thursday murder club in an utterly original not to be missed fiendishly clever blend of classic and modern murder mystery and i think that sums up the book like perfect yeah, that is a really good summation um because like you know clue has the traditional like who done it right yeah, yeah and then knives out which is you know a movie i don't know if you guys have seen mm-hmm. it but um knives out one and two um what which i really like knives out and before i even read the back and saw this i was like this is knives out to a t you know it has <laughs> that humor but it has an engaging plot and it has a mystery that is actually good in my opinion Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. sometimes the mystery reveals can be very lackluster or boring or like you can see them coming for me and i didn't see oh i didn't see any of this coming (laughs) Um, so basically the 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 point of the book is the the narrator who is a mystery writer uh, he's not a mystery writer he he writes books on how to write mysteries which is really funny in and of itself (laughs) Yeah, and at the end there was a little um like buy my book on Amazon for one ninety nine. I thought that was funny. Okay, so sorry. He he is a what Becky said. Um and he 
is going to a family reunion at a ski resort lodge. Isolated. Isolated. Because <laughs> you can't have a mystery without an isolated location. Exactly. Um, very <laughs> but, uh, one by up, one. <laughs> to set up the story, though, they're, they have a very complex family dynamic. So three years prior to the opening of this book, Ernie's the main character, and his brother Michael comes to him with a body in his car. And um, he's he goes and helps his brother, you know, not asking any questions until he realizes the body is still alive. And his brother actually makes sure that the body it does not stay alive. So basically, Ernie testifies against his brother at his court hearing and his brother goes away to jail um, for three years. So they haven't seen his brother in three years. His family is basically like, why did you, you know, why did you not choose your brother? Why did you testify against him? So there's, he's already like on the outs of this family. So this family reunion is his brother getting back out of prison. So that's how the story starts. Yeah. And I thought that the author did a very good job with this because I've read books that have huge casts of characters and it's very easy to get lost in it. Yeah. But I thought he did a very good job. Um, I don't know how he did it. Maybe it's the fact that we're in the narrator's head so much and he's describing <laughs> his thoughts and feelings and his relationships to these people, but I could keep them very straight. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't I wasn't always like referencing, oh wait, who's Audrey again? <laughs> who's you know, I kind of was able to keep that straight. And I think that's a testament to his writing. Um, yes, definitely. Uh and just I can't tell you if you didn't read this book, you you won't know, but if you did, like how funny and how fourth wall breaking it is and how <laughs> um like a good um a good uh point of view on that is on page two when the the author literally says every page that someone's gonna die um <laughs> which i bookmarked because i kept referring to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and it's just a very casual tone that i liked it, it was very like i feel like the agatha christie kind of is very talks down to you like perot kind of like We'll talk down to you and be like, didn't you see what happened here? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. aren't you paying attention? And and this this book does that, but in like a funny way. It's it plays off of those old like crime novels from the 1920s and 30s, and it it makes them new and original. Um, I wanted to read this this quote from the book because I thought it was really funny, just to give you an idea if you didn't read it. Um, how the writing style is. So he said, I'll hold it here to mention that I know some authors are incapable of having a woman throw up without it being a clue to a pregnancy. (laughs) These same authors seem to think nausea is the only indication of childbearing, not to mention their belief that vomit shoots out the woman's mouth within hours of plot convenient fertilization. (laughs) By some authors, I mean male ones. Far be it for me to tell you which clues to pay close attention to, but Sophie is not pregnant, okay? She's allowed to throw up on her own volition. So just just like very ton- just very cheeky, like very yeah. self-aware kind of writing. Um, also, I wanted to mention, because um, you have the book in front of you, at the very beginning of the story, he reads Knox's uh, 10 yep. rules for a mystery I novel. That. I was wondering, can you read them aloud for us? Like he sets up like this is – these are the yes. rules he has to have for writing this book. Yes, I can. Um, so I th- – this is just a 
a little side note. I don't know if anything is different because I do have an early advanced copy. Okay, so okay. if anything has changed. Um, so yeah, I love this. So this is from Ronald Knox's 10 Commandments of Detective Fiction from 1929. And I don't know if this is something that was made up or if it's real. No, it's Did real. You- I looked into it. It is real. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, so this is real. Number one, the criminal must be someone mentioned in the early part of the story, but not but must not be anyone whose thoughts the reader has been allowed to follow. Number two, all supernatural or pre preternatural agencies are ruled out as a matter of course. So no ghosts. Um, not more than one secret rumor passage is allowable. Uh, no hithro undiscovered poisons may be used, nor any appliance in which would need a long scientific explanation at the end. Um, number five says author's note, culturally outdated historical wording redacted <laughs> so uh, yeah because i think it, it the actual tech because i looked it up says um something about a china man which obviously like is a uh, horrible thing so glad he yeah. changed it <laughs> um uh, number six no accident must ever help the detective nor must he ever have an unaccountable intuition which proves to be right seven the detective must not himself commit the crime Eight, the detective must not light on any clues which are not instantly produced for the inspection of the reader. Nine, the stupid friend of the detective, the Watson, (laughs) must not conceal any thoughts which pass through his mind. His intelligence must be slightly, but very slightly, below that of the average reader. (laughs) And number ten, twin brothers and doubles generally must not appear unless we have duly prepared for them. And... That list is very funny to me because especially number one bugs me. If there's ever a reveal, number one was the criminal has to be someone you know. And yeah. so like if I'm if I'm watching a movie, I can rule out people based on like, no, he was introduced oh, yeah. late. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. So like all of these are very relevant to me mm-hmm. as a you know, a reader or movie watcher, but mm-hmm. also the author brings them up he brings them up over and over again like oh don't worry i'm not doing the twin thing here on this page because of <laughs> yeah. number number not you know yeah fantastic um and there's even i don't know if this was in the physical copy someone who read the physical copy has to tell me but on the Knox's 10 commandments there's a dog ear line that says fold here oh which Becky hates but i do hate that <laughs> i that's thought funny. it was fantastic that that was there um, and then uh, one last kind of thing before we get into spoilers. Mm-hmm. If you didn't read the book, um, I really like how the chapters are divided. And if the author ever needs to say something off the record, he does a half chapter. So like chapter 17 and a half, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also, when something important about a character is about to be revealed, he starts the chapter with a blank page that says, my stepsister, mm-hmm. my uncle, my brother, you know. Yeah. Um, so that also kept the the people very clear in my mind. Yes. Um, any other non-spoilery um, um, like to say? I don't think so. Okay. Do you want to read what people, um, so people who stop oh, listening sure. to your out, you want to yeah. read what people said about it? Yeah. Um, so we had quite a few people who read along with us, which is super awesome. Um, Jesse said, so fun. Love the rules and the self-awareness this book had. I was bummed we didn't get more details about the ending, why certain people did what they did. I'd argue there were more plot holes than our lovely narrator narrator said there would be, though I did enjoy the pun. Still a great read. I can't wait for the HBO series, which um, HBO series. Heard, there is going to be an HBO series, so it's going to be awesome. Wow. Melissa said, the book was written in a fun conversational way, kind of like watching Parks and Rec. 
the types of murders were horrendous and graphic and made all the more jarring because of the lighter narration. Overall, solid read. I think I would give it four out of five stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then oh, Kevin let me read Rachel's- this one. Okay. <laughs> okay, Rachel's so my dad. dad, yep, um, he said, five stars, exceptional book, one of my all-time faves, full of twists and turns, a great homage to Agatha Christie. The book is unique in several ways, non-spoiler. The author breaks the fourth wall to help the reader understand some complex plot points, as well as provide guidance to to navigate the book's twists. Can't go into detail here. Just read the book. <laughs> just read the book. I like it. Yeah. Um, and then my dad said, I enjoyed the writing style with each section specifically for a family member and who was killed. However, I was left at the end without a clear list of who killed whom. So my dad has asked us at the very end if we could break down who killed whom. So I started oh, a list. Oh, i my document. best. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Um, and then my brother Aaron said, I love this book. From the very beginning, when he read Knox's Ten Commandments, I immediately felt like I was playing a game. Their narrator was funny, and I liked that he would point out things that I missed, but never felt like he was spoiling anything. This book has definitely opened a new genre for me to get into, and I look forward to the next book in the series. And then we did have one DNF from Miss Julie. She said, I did not like the family dynamics, did not connect with any of the characters to keep me involved. So overall, most people liked it. And then I want to read my mom's as the oh, last yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, one of the best murder mysteries I've read. Loved the writing style, the story, the characters, and the many twists along the way. If it's um, uh, if it's possible to improve on Agatha C., then Benjamin S. has done that. His perspective was very helpful in reinforcing the reader's thoughts and notes along the way. Excellent. Yeah, great. So uh, overall positive. Um, this, this does have a... Um, a rating of 3.8, which is lower than I thought it would have, but I get, I get why it's not for everyone for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of knew that going in. I was like, this is going to be one that not everyone likes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So let's get into our spoilers then. Yeah. So if you haven't read the book, you can stop now. <laughs> um, so what did you think of the reveals? Did you buy the reveal that, um, you know, Jeremy, the long lost brother that we find out about like 50 pages in is mm-hmm. actually the killer. Um, he was under a different name. He was pretending uh-huh. to be the police officer. Um, he burns down the lodge. Uh, it's very <laughs> dramatic at the end. Uh, did you did you like that? Did you think it was a oh, good? Oh, I, I love a good murder. No. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I was first. So it's set up that Jeremy dies in a hot car. So you're set up to believe that um, after the father is, has died, um, the mom is just kind of like, you know, struggling with three sons. And on one day, she accidentally leaves her three sons in a hot car. And it's set up to believe that Jeremy dies in the hot car. Um, but what actually happens is that he's kidnapped by a gang and then sent to foster care. And the mom thought that he actually was killed by the gang, but everyone else thinks he died in a hot car. So that's the first, like, I was, I was so shook when I read that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrendous. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's actually sent to live with a foster family. And he ends up when he finds out that his foster family or his adopted family isn't his real parents, he ends up killing them and becomes a serial killer known as the black tongue who, um, you know, goes on a rampage and starts killing people. So um, in gruesome way. Very gruesome way. <laughs> what is it? It's uh he takes was it coal? He suffocates no, he suffocates them with ash. Suffocates them with ash, that's it. So there's yeah. like a, a mark on like you can see um on their like necks and it's tongues, it's 
really gross. Um, Lives up to his name there, yeah. Yeah, but the thing that can kind of confuse me is, you know, after all these murders, I just I didn't feel like it was a good enough murder or a good enough reason for him to become, you know, this jaded serial killer like that. I was like, really, bra. Like, well, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I had a it's hard time like, with that. Yeah. No, I get. Yeah. I mean, that was something that I was like, okay, so you became a serial killer because you were with a foster family. And like, basically his reasoning for coming back to this little family reunion is because he knew the Cunningham family had this reputation. He was like, oh, well, they're murderers. So I will be at home there. And he was like, yeah. announced himself as a murderer to them. Um, but no, and he thought they would be he'd be welcomed with open arms. But his family was like, "Uh, broad, no." <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but you know, it fits. It's convenient. That's part of the the Ten Commandments, yeah, right? Right. So. But I mean, I was shocked when you know the police officer who you think is at this whole time you think he's just an incompetent police officer is their long lost dead brother. <laughs> like yeah. that was shocking. I did not see it coming at all. Yeah, and also, you know, talking about your dad's list of people who killed, who killed who, mm-hmm. um, you you're kind of ticking off as you go, like, oh, this person's right. responsible yeah. for this death, mm-hmm. this person's responsible for this, um, and so when it's revealed that you like you assume because it's mentioned that there's this brother and no one wants to talk about it it's assumed that the mother like caused the death of her son, and then right. there's like a bank robbery, and then you assume that oh, okay, this is her murder or this is, you know, she killed a bank robber. And so it's all like these, you know, like, gotcha, you thought it was this, but it's actually Uh that. Uh So Uh I I feel for your dad. I also, you know, I was trying to keep a mental list. We'll have to see how well we do at the Mm -hmm. end. But yeah. um, But I, I really thought that it's, it's very similar to how Agatha Christie does her books and I can see the inspiration there mm-hmm. because it's a lot of little details that like, so for example, what are some of the key, very small things that you would have missed? There was a coffee cup on the coffee oh, cup and the, the truck. Field at, yeah. at the truck before it rolls into the ice. Uh-huh. Um, that's something that is mentioned, but you might not catch on to it, but it's, crucial to figure out that Marcelo was almost responsible for the death of Ernest because he was trying to get rid of the bodies. Um, so stuff like that is very, very Agatha Christie-esque. She loves like, Oh, there's a, a cardigan that this person was wearing. This is a clue, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you can see that inspiration there. And I, I, I didn't really try to solve it. I definitely could have, and maybe I'll do that with the second one, but um because of a time crunch i just kind of was reading uh not not guessing but um i enjoy that part you know the the little clues as you read Mm -hmm. um let's go through the the murders and what happens at the lodge so as uh ernie ernest is trying to solve so when they get to the resort a man who nobody knows is found murdered and that's what starts this the whole story here at the resort. So basically, a man is murdered, and then the next day, his brother Michael um, 
is finally there from the prison. So he was released and then there's this murder that happens before Michael even gets there. But the police officer arrests Michael and says, you're under arrest for the murder of, of this guy who nobody knows who it is. They, they nickname him Green Boots um, because they don't know his name. And that's when more bodies start dying <laughs> is after that. So uh, Michael says that he wants his brother Ernie to be his lawyer, even though their uncle or their stepfather, Marcelo, is a lawyer and, you know, defended him when he when Michael killed the the guy three years ago. So Ernie goes in trying to figure out like why does my brother want me to, you know, defend him? Like and so that's when they they kind of make up and he gives him a clue and says, You'll understand everything and why I did what I did three years ago if you go to my truck. So he goes to the truck and he finds a coffin inside the truck with not one dead body, but two dead bodies. One of them is the body of a child or a teenager. And while he's in the truck, the truck goes down um, the parking lot and into the river and he almost dies. Basically his heart stops beating and he's revived and he almost dies. Basically Ernie almost dies. And so this sets in motion um, a couple of murders. They find out his brother Michael is found dead. So now his brother Michael is dead after they've just made up after, you know, all this time away and everyone's obviously devastated. Uh, what was the next murder after that, Rachel? Um, Lucy. The sister-in-law. Yeah. So then Michael's ex-wife, are they still married? Mm, they're ex. They're ex. Okay. Um, and then Lucy's found dead in the snow. And then... Well, she's gone missing and she's oh, yeah. found they can't dead find her like, because later. there's a big yeah. storm, really big storm. And then you find out that there's a, a couple at a resort nearby who Michael was supposed to meet with. And it was a couple whose daughter died like 20 years ago, who was a teenager. And they're there to find out where her body is. Michael was bringing them her body. And there's a whole plot of what is that called? Ransom? Side no. Plot? Oh. Yeah, like kidnapping, extortion, blackmail. Yeah, so they're they're being blackmailed. Uh, Michael's blackmailing them to find out where the body is. And he says he has it in the – well, he's supposed to have it in the truck, but now the truck is at the bottom of the ocean or at the bottom of the lake. So that's where – the ocean. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that part was was the part that like my eyes were were glazing over a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so there's an informant and he worked with this person who was with Mm -hmm. the police department, but these were this people. Corrupt cops. Yeah. That's the part that kind of not went over my head, but I was like, okay, walk me through that again, you know? Yeah, yeah. I still, I still thought it was believable and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. executed correctly. I just, Definitely. you know, was like, oh gosh, so many, so many little ins and outs of, of that, um, plot point. Um, I, I have to say that I really enjoyed, um, the, so Agatha Christie's novels with, you know, Perot also have this, um, the, the reveal is always so fun. And (laughs) that was the part that I was like, okay, so this is definitely went from inspired to like, you can definitely see the origins and see here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where they, the main character, Ernest gets all the characters together, sits them down in in the library and says, yeah, he's like, so this is what you did. And this is what you did. (laughs) Um, And 
I, I also liked how um, this is something that uh, Agatha Christie never does, in my opinion. Um, so everyone's revealing what they've done wrong right before um, he sits them down. He says, okay, well, I basically figured it out. I have, <laughs> I, I know exactly what's happening and here's why I know. And um, I'm going to try to find that part. I, I bookmarked it. Oh, it says, to keep Ronald Knox happy, since all clues lighted upon must be presented to the reader, here are the clues I used to put it together. <laughs> Mary Westmacott, $50,000, my jaw, my hand, uh, the snow cams, malpractice suit, and it goes for, you know, half a page mm-hmm. um, and ends with a dead pigeon with a medal for bravery. <laughs> we love Frank. Um, but, yeah, and then he gathers everyone together and he he basically says what everyone did so do you want to go through the list of who murdered who because i think that would be fun i want to try to remember how many of these i know because i was trying to keep track pretty well so there's only one that i'm like a little unsure about i don't know if you see the document i'm not looking at it on purpose um (laughs) i I want to try to fill in the blanks okay Okay, so So michael cunningham michael cunningham he killed killed alan who was a corrupt cop who was also blackmailing michael i think a lot of blackmail there was a lot of blackmail yes yeah <laughs> and so then we have the stepsister sophia garcia cunningham um and she accidentally kills a guy during surgery or it was malpractice that's i was a little fuzzy on malpractice that. yeah it was malpractice so it, i don't think it actually was her fault like i think he ended up just dying on the table or something like that so um, that's who she killed and then we have his wife, which another fun surprise was that his wife, um, Mike, uh, sorry, Ernie's wife is Aaron Cunningham, and she is now with his brother Michael, <laughs> even though they're still married. So that's that was fun. But um, she, she killed uh, her mother, her mother during childbirth. So yep. that's who she killed. So it's like a lot of this is very loose. <laughs> so yeah. You go in um, thinking that this is about a family of murderers when really it's, it's really it's more one complex murderer. Yeah. Or yeah. one or two. And then, yeah. Um, okay. So then we have my father, who is Robert. Um, he kills a police officer during a robbery. Like a robbery. Yeah. <laughs> my English is hard today. Um, then we have the sister in law. What is her name again? Lucy. Lucy. Um, she kills herself because she doesn't want to get murdered by the serial killer. Yep. Um, so she jumps off of a roof. Then we have my uncle. What's his name again? Oh, gosh. That's okay. His uncle kills. Well, so this is where it gets a little a little gray. Oh, Andy. Andy. That's right. Okay. Andy. Um, after the long lost brother, Jeremy slash Officer Crawford, attempts to kill everybody, um, the uncle like seriously injures him. Um, he's not quite dead yet, but he seriously injured him. So that's another one that's like, he didn't quite kill him. Um, but yeah. yeah, so then we have my stepfather who is Marcelo Garcia. And this is, um, this one I thought was a stretch, but to protect Michael from the gang called the Sabres, Marcelo sabotages the truck that Ernie is looking into. As you know, Rachel said the coffee cup was there, which indicated he was there. Um, so Ernie goes under the water and his our heart stops. So he's technically dead. And so after the the truck is being tampered with, so Ernie goes under the water um, 
And so he's he's saying that his father, his stepfather kills him because his heart stopped, but he's now alive. So that one is like a stretch. You know, he didn't yeah. really kill him, but he did something to get him seriously injured where his heart stops. So there's that one. Um, the next one is my aunt, which is Aunt Catherine. This one was I was a, the it's most like fuzzy a DUI. One. Yeah. So a, a DUI happened. She was on some drugs and there was a car crash and I didn't I wasn't quite clear who it was that died i don't think they're they're named it's just said that she has been on the wagon for so many years because of this accident yeah so you can assume that um she killed someone in that dui Mm -hmm. yeah and then we have the mom um Andrea, Audrey, no, Audrey, Audrey. Audrey. Um, So this one is where it also gets a little gray because at first we believe that her son is killed in a hot car when she forgets them. Um, But then like you find out that that's not necessarily true. Um, So that one I'm like, "Mm, I don't think the mom actually really did kill somebody, but it is believed at the time that, you know, somebody died under her care. Yeah. And then the last one is Ernie, uh, the main character. And so do you do you think he actually um, yes he killed Jeremy? I think them. there's yes he kills Jeremy because he uses the same exact wording that his brother uses yes. um, three years before when his brother killed Alan Holt and he says he just stopped breathing and Ernie at the at the end says he just stopped breathing so it is assumed yeah. that he does kill his brother but he can't say that because he's writing this book you know it, it would implicate him to say I actually did that so. I thought it was kind of a nice way to to tell you that he killed him without actually saying he killed him. <laughs> so, so I think that is our exhaustive list of the characters and who killed. And then him. obviously Jeremy Jeremy has killed oh. multiple people. Yes, um, yes. he killed the Williams, uh, the Humphrey, uh, someone Humphrey, um, the people that have been mentioned. So Michael mm-hmm. Green Boots detective yep. man, um, and he co- coerces Lucy to kill herself mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so he, uh, at the end it says, I basically says something like, I told you everyone in my family has killed someone. So, some are just better at it than others. That's just <laughs> a reference to the fact that um, one of them is actually a murderer. Yeah, exactly. Now um, let's talk about that ambiguous ending at the very end when we, he finally sees the photos that Michael had had hidden um, mm-hmm. and he looks at them and we actually see the, so the sabers are like a gang. Um, we see the sabers carrying a dead body, which is believed to be the, you know, the young girl that was found in the coffin. But then we also see the father of the dead girl also in the photo. So the question I have is, did the father actually kill his daughters and then hire the sabers to cover it up? And yeah. if so, is the mom in on it, in on it as well? Because it seemed like the mom didn't know. Like the mom seriously thought that the you know the daughter was was alive at the time of the kidnapping. So that's kind of the question. I think that when Jesse said she didn't like the ending, um, it was a little unclear because it wasn't actually like wrapped up for us. But we just have this photo, so we're speculating on what we think actually happened there. Yeah, and um, the. That was something that, like, I almost glazed over, but I was like, wait, hold. So I went back and yeah. read it again. Yeah. Um, and I, I like this part um, where he figures it out that basically these pictures were embedded very tiny with with the use of a like magnifying mm-hmm. glass. A loop. Um, he he yes he uh, he hides them. Michael before he dies hides them on a on a card that a bingo um, card. Yeah, bingo card. 
and um, basically it's revealed that this father who was so distraught over his daughter's disappearance um, actually probably caused it. Um, Which was the chain of events for all of this going down, like everything. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then on that page, he's like, I'm sorry that all the villains won't get their comeuppance, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to print the book, so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I... I don't know any any other thoughts you have before we wrap it up. I just really enjoyed it. I yeah, definitely it was a good read, read the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it makes me interested in reading something like Thursday Murder Club because I've heard multiple times now that they're similar. So I'm wondering, yeah. you know, how similar they are. I mm-hmm. always kind of now this is I'm not meant to be offensive. Uh, I always kind of didn't think i'd be interested in thursday murder club because i thought it was for old people mm-hmm. um but uh, i'd be interested in trying it also killers of a certain age by um deanna some rayburn i think that one i've heard it has some comedy in it too so i'd be interested mm-hmm. in in reading that one too after this yeah, so some recommendations good. if you enjoyed yeah. this one yeah awesome well really enjoyed the book thank you guys for coming around and listening this far even if you didn't actually read the book (laughs) hope you do it's great um next week we're having my friend don back on he was on last year um he is a black professor at a college in pennsylvania so we'll have him back on and talk about some of his research some of the books he likes so really excited about that and yeah any other closing thoughts rach um thanks for reading with us if you did and um we'll see you next week see you next week bye thank you so much for listening to the podcast you can find us on instagram at your bookstore besties please like share and subscribe so more people can listen have a beautifully bookish day